With it looking like Zvonimir Ivasic isn't going to come play for the Wildcats, I think it's time we look at Kentucky basketball's depth chart once more. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are discussing... Kentucky basketball's starting lineup with Andrew Stefaniak of Wildcats Today, bringing him on once again onto the show. Does great work over at wildcatstoday.com. He's also the host of the Locked On Aggies, Texas A&M, that is, podcast. Really appreciate Andrew hopping on and really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business And that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, before we get into our conversation with Andrew Stefaniak of Wildcats Today and Locked on Aggies, just want to remind you guys, if you have not subscribed to the show already, if you're listening on podcast, please go ahead and do so. Absolutely loving the podcast numbers as of late. Join the show. Join the club, and if you have any questions you want to ask me, I will absolutely answer them on the show at LockedOnUK. If you want to message me over there on Twitter, you can also find me uh, on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Andrew Stefaniak. We are now excited to be joined once again by Andrew Stefaniak of WildcatsToday.com and the host of the Locked on Aggies podcast. Andrew, got a couple of different Fun topics for you here today. I, I don't know if the football topic is going to be as fun for, for all of us here, but we're uh, we're going to get through it because it's going to be, I think, a relatively easy game for the Wildcats. But starting things off here, I, I wanted to do something that I've not had a chance to do with you here on the podcast that I wanted to kind of walk through. And this is something that I've talked about uh, all summer, uh, ever since the clocks hit zero against Kansas State, I have been uh, thinking about this, talking about it with the with the subscribers, and and just going through what this Kentucky basketball depth chart could look like. So I want to go through that here with you today, and I don't think that there's a better place to start than at the top here at point guard, and I think that you and I would agree that DJ Wagner is probably going to be heading up that spot. Yeah, I think DJ Wagner is, of course, going to get the nod. Of course, the the freshman five star, really talented player. I mean, you know, one of the best players in the class. At one point, he was the number one player in the class. So I I think you're going to see him come out and really burst onto the scene, have a great season. Um, I I just I think he's going to put up good numbers. I think he might. I lean toward him being. He's going to be a score first guy. He's not going to be your severe Wheeler type point guard. He's going to be scoring the foot, the scoring. I about said scoring the, the football, scoring the basketball, and uh, I think he's going to score at a higher rate. I think that he's going to be the second highest scorer on the team behind Reeves. And I've talked here on the show, Lance, about how high I am on Reeves, and I think he's going to put up some big time numbers this year. Um, but I think that Wagner's going to be the the second leading scorer on this team. I like what you had to say there about you know what his role in this team is going to be, and I agree with you. I think he's going to be a store score first type of point guard. 
But Andrew, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing because we got to watch the way that this team played with each other in the Global Jam. And I, I just don't think that ball hogging is something that we're going to have a problem with this year. Now, that was something that we thought uh, thought about heading into the offseason about, OK, you have all these really talented freshmen coming in. They're all going to want a slice of the pie. How are you going to be able to divvy it up to them? And it just seems like they work really well with each other. So DJ Wagner being your lead guy there, I don't necessarily know if I've got a problem with him not being like the most aggressive distributor of the basketball. And I'm not saying he can't. He absolutely can. It's just I think you've got other players on this team that can also do so as well, which I think adds to Kentucky's versatility in, in their attack. So DJ Wagner, point guard number one. At the backup, somebody that I was really excited about at the beginning of this offseason that I thought had a chance to take that starting spot, Rob Dillingham, uh, formerly committed to NC State, if I'm not mistaken, five-star player, really, really fun, energetic, great ball handler, excellent in the excellent in the half-court and the fast-break offense, just creating things for himself and other players. Uh, very energetic and, and would provide a spark, I think, for Kentucky off the bench. Yeah, Rob with the shifts, as they call him, or as his Instagram name is, which is great. Um, but you're right. You know, he's a player. I, my only knock on him is I think he's liable to take some crazy shots at times. Yep. Now, it, and it's kind of one of those. He actually reminds me of a, of a player that um, uh, the place for Auburn, of a guy named Katie Johnson that I think um, Kentucky basketball fans ha have grown to know. Um, and he's a guy, and it's funny how he comes straight to mind seeing him play a few times. I mean, that guy takes the craziest shots, and it either kills you or it helps you out. And that's what I see in, in Dillingham. I think he's going to play be a player like that, but a much more talented player. Great ball handler, like you said. He can shoot. He can shoot the mid-range. He can shoot the three ball. He can score from anywhere on the court. And I, and I like to see that because he's a guy who, you know, Wagner's not going to play great every game. Stuff's going to happen. You might need that spark, like you said, Lance. You might need that spark. And I think uh, Rob with the shifts is someone who can come in and provide that. So uh, I, I'm excited to see what what his year looks like. I mean, he, he, he correct me if I'm wrong, but he was left off the McDonald's All-American list, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, which I think, you know, as a five-star recruit, that's a bit of a, you know, it's a, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. And mm -hmm. I think uh, – Dillingham has a lot to prove this year, and I'm I'm excited to see what he does on the court. But I think he's going to put up some numbers that might surprise Kentucky fans. I think he could get close to averaging, you know, eight nine points. He's not going to play starter minutes, so it's hard to say he's going to average, you know, fourteen points. But I yep. think you could see him come off the bench and average eight or nine points for this team. Yeah, tough shot taker, tough shot maker uh, here in Rob Dillingham, and he may not always be the most consistent, but man, I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch and a change of pace whenever he comes off the bench. For UK starting at shooting guard. I think this is, is pretty straightforward. There were some people this offseason, Andrew, that were not very thrilled about the thought about this guy being a starter here. Antonio Reeves uh, starting at shooting guard for the Wildcats uh, and the way that he played during the global jam. I mean, I don't know how you could be upset uh, that this guy's at your two. Yeah, I, I'm. I am like. I need a T-shirt. I need to start a T-shirt that's something Reeves, like a Reeves hype train T-shirt. I need to get that going because I am on board the Reeves hype train. Um, I've talked about, and I'm pretty sure I said it here on the show, but I, I'm I really think he's a dark horse to win National Player of the Year. I think he's that talented, and he's one of those players. Do I think Reeves is going to go on to a successful NBA career? I, I, I don't. I think he's going to be a Shibway esque player in the way that he's a great college player, or or you know like the Harrison twins. I think that's a good comp for you know yeah. great college players don't go on to do much of anything at the next level. 
And, you know, so I look at this, and I think that Reeves really could. I think he's going to lead this team in scoring. I think you're going to see him score. I think he could score 18-plus a game because he can score from everywhere. He's going to shoot the three ball well. He's going to lead this team in three-point percentage. I think he could lead the SEC in three-point percentage. So um, Antonio Reeves is a great basketball player who I think is has a big season in store for the Cats, and I really can't wait to see his second year in Lexington rocking the Kentucky Blue. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Backing him up is going to be a player that I, I've been really excited about. You and I actually talked about recently. You wrote a piece about him uh, actually being in the NBA lottery uh, projections uh, by by a source here recently. Reed Shepard uh, backing up the, at the two for Kentucky. I think this kid could also play the point at different at different stops for for UK if needed. Um, but he's going to be backing Antonio Reeves up at shooting guard. A lot of potential here uh, with with Reed Shepard. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. Kentucky folks love some Reed Shepard. Obviously, son of Jeff Shepard. I mean, so all Kentucky fans are, are going to love what Reed Shepard brings. I actually had the chance to see him play in high school against my high school. Um, he came in. I went to Lexington Catholic, for those of you listeners who are local Lexingtonians. And uh, Shepard came and played against Catholic, and it was a really fun game. It was fun to see him play in high school. And it's fun to see Kentucky's recruiting him, but I mean, I just think he's a, he he's a, he can shoot the ball so well. I think we there's a chance that Reed Shepard becomes the player that we wanted C.J. Frederick to be, mm. uh, a guy who can just come in and knock down a three pointer. And I, you know, no knock to Frederick. I know he had some bad luck with injuries, but um, I just think Reed Shepard's going to come in and light up the stat sheet shooting the three ball. But what surprised me when they were playing in Canada was one thing. I thought that Reed Shepard was going to be a shoot, a th shoot the three guy. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be more, he's going to be a three and D guy. I mean, he played some great defense. He was throwing down slam dunks. He was blocking sh three point attempts. I mean, he did so much that impressed me in Canada that I was not expecting. You know, I was not expecting him to do things like that. So yep. I think Shepard's going to be a great backup um, two guard for this team. And, and it's funny. I don't, you know, foresee him. And I, I wrote the piece at Wildcats today about him in the lottery. I don't yep. think you're going to see uh, Reed Shepard go, uh, go to the league this year. Yep. I think he'll be, he'll be around for a while, but I think, I think next year he could be the guy that we're starting to read Shepard hype train. Like we're starting the, the Antonio Reeves hype train this year. I think he could be Shepard next year. He's going to have a special Kentucky career. Yeah, I agree with you there about, you know, the comp to what C.J. Frederick need, needed to be for last year's team and what Shepard should be for this year's team. I also have seen a lot of people throw out the Devin Booker type of role, uh, possibly uh, for Reed Shepard or a guy like Rob Dillingham, um, where they come off the bench in there and then they're, they're really, really good at that guard spot. So I'm excited about what Reed Shepard could be, like you said, next year. I'm not I'm not as thrilled about this season because, again, I think he's going to get a lot more playing time next season if he sticks around i want to also actually really quickly before we move on uh he also led the team in assists during global jam so the dude was the dude was doing everything out there on the court so again just really really valuable addition uh off the bench so i want to get to the the small forward uh the power forward in the center here in just a second before we do that though I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. They have simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. They find to help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl, Andrew Stefaniak hanging out here with you. Andrew, before we do the final three positions, tell everybody where they can find your content. Yeah, of course. Over at Wildcats today, we're really, you know, doing getting a lot of, of content out there. We have a new basketball writer over at Wildcats today giving us some stories um, from some different national perspectives and different stuff like that. A lot of good stuff over at Wildcats today from Lance and myself. So uh, go check it out, bringing you all, everything you need for the football season, for the basketball season, and some baseball stuff as well when we get to that type of the, that uh, when we get to that time of year. So I appreciate y'all going to check that out. Yes, yeah, sir. Wildcatstoday.com. Good basketball and football content. Uh, also uh, got, a, got a story up on VJ Edgecombe, a uh, recent guard that Kentucky basketball offered. Andrew, I don't know if you've had a time had the time to actually go and look at this kid. Uh, I did yesterday for yesterday's episode, and man, I am impressed with him as a potential prospect. There's a reason he he's flown up the ranks from like 52nd nationally to 6th. Go and watch his film, and you can see that kid plays hard on both ends of the floor. Very aggressive player and, and does not really have a whole lot to say on the court, it seems like. So I, I, I like his I like his game. He seems like a, a fun player to watch. So continuing along for these final three positions here, Andrew, at small forward, this is another position that I feel like, you know, you could see uh, you could see some change here. I think that you're going to see that as we work our way down into the front court. Uh, at small forward, I think Justin Edwards uh, could get the nod here. Now, as we saw during the Global Jam, Adu Thiero was the one that started, I think, two of those games, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for the Wildcats. And Thiero actually ended up playing a lot of minutes. So you could see uh, Adu get, get the nod here. But Justin Edwards at small forward, I think, makes sense. Yeah, uh, Justin Edwards is a really talented player. Another guy who's going to go on to a successful NBA career. Um, I just think what he brings you with his size, athleticism, skill. I mean, he's the type of player that can really do everything you need on the court. He yeah. can rebound. He can shoot. He can drive. He can dunk. He plays defense well. And, and that's, I think, the type of player you need at the three. You need that player who can kind of be a guard and can kind of be, be a forward and can really do everything that you need a basketball player to do. That's what Edwards is. He, Like I said, going to be a talented player, going to be a top-five pick, I believe, in the NBA draft. Um, I think he's a player that after the trip to Canada, a lot of people – I don't think we're talking about as much. You know, I think I, I heard a lot of people were a little bit unimpressed with his performance. Um, and there were some things obviously need to be clean, cleaned up, but yep. I wasn't too concerned with it. I think he's going to have a big season. Yeah. So I think he's going to start at the three for this Kentucky basketball team. And, and he's going to be a really good player, potential freshman of the year type guy right there with Wagner. Yeah. It was a slow start during the global jam, but I remember coming out of it and saying, I was actually, I was still impressed with what he was able to do and able to kind of come out, out of that funk and and really show offensively what he was he was capable of doing because towards the latter latter half of the the round robin there he was making his outside shots he was getting things in transition he was playing really good defense and also something I was pleasantly surprised with he was grabbing a lot of rebounds average six and a half per game during the global jam so uh, Kentucky I think has something great there at small four with Justin Edwards and then backing him up. A player that could also slide down to the four if you really wanted him to in certain lineups, a Thiero. 
just an absolute tank uh, for Kentucky. And man, oh man, was he a tank during the Global Jam. Yeah, I really like Fierro. I think, you know, what he did coming in is not one of the, you know, Kentucky basketball is known for five-star recruits. Yeah. So, you know, Fierro coming in last season, I was kind of like, huh, why? You know, before I was I was covering Kentucky, I was just kind of a fan. I'm looking at this like, that's weird. You don't really often see players that don't have five stars come play for Kentucky. Yeah. And it's worked out. And, you know, and, and to sidetrack myself for one second, I, I think that's why taking players like Burks and like Hart like Cal did this season can kind of, you know, help you out because those guys could be Fierro next season. But back to Fierro, you know, I think he, he's similar to what you get from Edwards. Obviously, I think Edwards is a more skilled basketball player, but I think Fierro just brings you that dog mentality that every basketball team needs. He's going to get you rebounds. He kind of reminds me, not in the style of play, but of a, of a Lance Ware in the mentality. Yep. Lance Ware, was he the most skilled player? No. Did he do a lot wrong? Yes. My goodness, you weren't get out rebounding them. You weren't out fighting them, out dogging them, and I think that's what you see from Fierro. I just I think that he has that ability to go and just do scrappy things to get rebounds, and you know, uh, scrappy in a good way, but go in there, get rebounds, and and just fight hard for this team. That's what he is. I think he's going to kind of be a, a leader of this team just based off the way he he carries himself on the court. So I think Fierro is, is he going to be a guy that averages you know eight points i don't think so but i think he could give you six points six rebounds and in uh, assist or two in you know in 13 minutes or 14 minutes whatever he ends up playing so i think he's going to play a big role for this team Fierro, i think is going to be able to bring you that edge and bring you that that dog factor just simply because of how he's changed uh, and grown physically he's gotten a lot more strong uh and i think that he is going to very quickly uh kind of change the trajectory of what we thought he could have been given his frame when he came to the Wildcats, you know, at like 6'6", kind of wiry, able to handle the ball, kind of playing in a guard type of role. And now that he's put on some of this weight and gotten stronger, it's like, oh, man, you're playing the three or you're maybe even playing the four if you continue to, to grow and get taller like you've been. So a Thiero, a, a player to watch here as he continues to develop and how he operates behind Justin Edwards this season, I think is going to be interesting to see if it, it, just the change, uh, because, again, he's not a shooter. I don't think he is. I think Justin Edwards, like you said, is, I think, a lot more talented in a lot of different areas. But, man, uh, he definitely brings you uh, that dog, and he brings you that physicality. So uh, I like what we've got there at small forward. Power forward and center are going to be an interesting conversation, Andrew, uh, because you could just about change, I think, three of these players uh, through these two different positions. I'll start here at, at the four with Aaron Bradshaw. My guess is that he starts here, Andrew. You could see a world where Kentucky says, you know what? No, we're going to have Trey Mitchell start uh, at, at, at power forward because of the veteran experience, and we're going to have somebody else start at center. Um, I've also said here on the show that I don't really know if it, it, it truly matters if they're like, let's say Aaron Bradshaw and Trey Mitchell are out there at the same time on the court. Are we really going to care about identifying which one's the center and which one's the power forward in that rotation? Because within that given set, I guarantee you, Kentucky knows what they what they want in, in in plays that they run. Like they'll know who's the five and who's the four before they come down the court and run their stuff. But it's not really going to matter because the two the two players are going to be versatile. They can handle the ball a little bit. Both of them can shoot. Um, both of them play good defense. It's just Aaron Bradshaw, seven feet tall, and Trey Mitchell's not. And so I, I think that there's a lot of different ways that you could spin this. Uh, of which I, I I don't know how Kentucky's going to handle it. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle practice here uh, in, in the next few weeks as they get ready for the season. But 
Uh, long spiel uh, to cut it short, Aaron Bradshaw starting at power forward. At least I'm guessing. I agree with you. I think you're going to see Bradshaw out there at the four. And one thing, I, I got the pleasure of seeing him play in high school. Lance, I sent you some videos um, from mm -hmm. that. Um, he he played in Frankfurt at uh, oh goodness what Kentucky State and and it was it was mm -hmm. really cool experience. Uh, of course Wagner was there as well, and it is the re the one thing I'll say about seeing that live is this: I watched Bradshaw shoot out of curiosity, so I'm sitting here watching him shoot and I, and I counted I watched him make nine threes in a row one time, six threes in a row, and the the form is beautiful. He can shoot the basketball. Now, I think coaches sometimes get gimmicky. You know, we have a five who can shoot the three. It's, you know, it's going to be a real advantage for us. But in all reality, they're going to shoot 22% and hurt your team. Bradshaw can shoot. I mean, I am so – you. I think he could he could shoot better in 32% this year, maybe 35, maybe 36. I really – I mean, I'm a believer in shot form, and his, his shot form is, is perfect. So I think I think that I floated back and forth like, do you want him to play the four? Do you want him to play the five? And and what I came to was, who cares? Like you said, Lance, who cares who plays what position? It, it I twin towers this son of a gun. You know, have have players out there, have both of them out there. I don't care because they are really good basketball players. If you want to have Ugana out there with Bradshaw, which I know we'll talk about him in a minute. If you want to have Trey Mitchell out there with Bradshaw, however you do it, I, it really doesn't. I'm cool with it either way. All I know is I think that Mitchell can shoot the ball well, and I think that Bradshaw can shoot the ball better than Mitchell. So I can't wait to see him back on the court. I know he's nursing back from an injury. Um, but, no, Bradshaw is going to be something special, and I think he's going to be – here's my bold take. I, I know I'm talking a lot of NBA, but I think that Bradshaw goes on to the best NBA career of all of the players that are going to get drafted okay. from Kentucky this year. All right. Yeah, I like that. I like that take a lot. and. Uh, having confidence in Aaron Bradshaw is something that that is refreshing to hear because you you talk about the players that haven't gotten a lot of love this offseason and Bradshaw certainly he may have gotten the least amount just simply because of how he's been injured and nobody's gotten to see him nobody's gotten to talk about him I, I do hope that he's able to step into this role here at the four and is able to do some good things for Kentucky and like you said I don't think a Twin Towers lineup at this point um, is something that most fans should scoff at or even be nervous about because of what Aaron Bradshaw is. Let's just take the fact that he's seven feet tall and set it aside for a second. If he can shoot, if he can play defense, and he can and he can run and play like a four, doesn't matter how big he is, put him at the four. And that's what that's what Cal said earlier this offseason. That's what Bradshaw said earlier this offseason. Like, yeah, they want to play me at power forward. I want to play at power forward. I'm going to play at power forward. And so uh, so Bradshaw there at the four, I think it's fine. Could you slide him down to center if you need to? Sure. Are you going to be thrilled about that? No. But if players get hurt, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And hey, if you got a seven footer on your in your in your roster, you know, why? Why wouldn't you um, like like that? That's just my that's just my thought on it. But but Bradshaw there, I think at, at power forward and then backing him up, Trey Mitchell. That's just uh, because Big Big Z's Vladimir Ivicic doesn't look like he's coming to Kentucky at this point. I mean, you got to make do with what you have here in your front court, unless you just randomly just pull a player out of thin air and say, "Here's another body in the front court." Um, Kentucky's just going to have to deal here and either start Mitchell, start him at the five, or have him rotate back and forth between the two positions. 
you know, I love Mitchell's versatility. I think he's a player. I wouldn't be upset one bit if he started, you know, started somewhere, somewhere for this team. Um, I, I, I like, I didn't know that he was a, a shooter, frankly, until, until I saw him at global gym. And then I went back and watched some highlights and it's like, this guy can shoot. Uh, I'm a, sh- I get really excited about people being able, tall guys being able to shoot. I get very excited about it. It's something I, I it wakes me up happy in the morning. And that is what uh, you, you're going to see from Mitchell and Bradshaw. But I, I think, you know, that the late addition of Mitchell joining this team is, is one of the things that is really going to going to make this team go. I think. I mean, I think he's such a talented player. He it, it, he can shoot. He can drive. He can get rebounds. You know, the thing about Bradshaw, he's a little bit on the skinny side. I know he's gained some good weight um, so far on campus. We we you always see the pictures of the guys flexing. Oh, they're up twenty two pounds. Bradshaw's gained some weight, which is good. He needs to. But Mitchell is a big guy. And at the end of the day, Sheboy wasn't tall. You got to remember this. Seven footers are great, but I do think sometimes people get a little bit too, you know, crazy about three or four inches of height. You know, six foot nine compared to seven foot, it's not. It's a difference, but to me, I don't think it's that big of a difference. I still get my shot blocked at the YMCA by five foot eleven guys all the time, and I'm six foot six. So the point is. I think that Mitchell can play the five. I think he can play the four, and I think he's gonna he rebounds well, and and that's the key here. I wrote a piece of Wildcats today. You are replacing the best rebounder potentially in college basketball history. You know, uh, he's in the conversation in Sheboy, to where you have to replace those rebounds, and and it's going to take a, a village. I think you're going to need a lot of guys to help. So. I think that Mitchell is can, it might be the best rebounder on this team, frankly. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, I, I think he's going to be a player that has a massive role for this team and helps a lot. Andrew, I should tell you more whenever I'm stealing your ideas for for episodes because we talk we talk just about every other episode we we break down something that you talk about in the global or in the in the Kentucky briefing and we put a spin on it. Actually, on yesterday's episode. Um, we dove into you talk about Uganda and Yenzo being the uh, maybe being the best rebounder on this team and. I dove into some of his Kim Pomp stats. I talked about, you know, how the, this is probably going to be true. And then I went through the three other players that we could see potentially as really good rebounders for Kentucky. Because I think it, the, this is what I said on yesterday's show. Sheway averaged like, what, 15, 14 rebounds per game, something ridiculous like that. I don't think you're going to see an individual player dominate like that in the rebounding margin this year. But that does not mean Kentucky is going to be a bad rebounding team this year because I think they've got several dudes that can get the basketball off of a miss here. So, and you got on Yenzo. I think a lot of people would be shocked if they took a look at his Kim Palm stats compared to uh, compared to uh, to Oscar Sheebways because they are really, really close. It's just that Onyenzo did not get to play a lot of minutes last year, and uh, per forty minutes, he averaged fifteen point one rebounds per game. So, uh, I, I think that we would be very interested interested to see how Mitchell, how Onyenzo. How guys like Justin Edwards? How or how do they grab the basketball, and how do they help this team in different possessions, uh, and in giving them second opportunities, and obviously taking away possessions from other teams? I think this team's going to be fine. Now, are they going to be on the level that they were a year ago? Probably not. No, but I, I think that they're going to be okay. And again, to transition to that player that we're just talking about now, you got Anienzo, the starter that we think is going to be at the five at the center position for UK. Um, Anienzo. I think is in correct me if I'm wrong here, Andrew. I think he may be your best defensive presence that you have on this team this upcoming season. Um, if you are if you are able to um if 
you're able to get him out there on the court uh, for a consistent amount of time. Now, currently, we don't know if he's going to be back for the beginning of the season. I'm leaning towards that he's gonna, going to be fine. And even if he is 100% healthy, I don't know how large of a role he's going to play in terms of uh, minutes per game here, with with especially with Mitchell off the on, on the team. But Onyenzo is a strong defender, a very strong defender, I think. He's been polishing his offensive game this offseason. He's been, he's been bulking up. He's been getting stronger. Another player that's hit the weight room uh, for UK this offseason, I think he looks good. And whether or not he's going to be an extremely dominant player in the SEC this year, I, I, I don't know if we can sit here and say that that's going to be the reality, but I think he's going to be a very good center compared to where he was a season ago, at least I hope. You know, I think, well, first of all, I did. I, I saw Onienzo last weekend bootless. So he was not wearing a boot. I saw him with my own eyes. So. I know that, you know, I know what does that mean for his injury? I don't know, but I saw him without a boot. So that's what I can report to you. Um, but you know, you look at you look at what he brings to the table. I, I think you got you gotta look at at a basketball team. There's five players out there. Not every player is gonna is gonna you need is gonna average 25 points. You know, you need your guys that are gonna score. And I don't think Onyenzo's role is going to be to score a ton of points. I mm-hmm. think, like you said, he's going to be that defensive presence. Now, is he going to dunk the ball? Is he going to, going to make a couple post moves and score? Yeah. I mean, I'd like him to, to average, you know, seven, seven or eight points a game, but I'm more concerned about him rebounding well, like you said, than I am him scoring uh, and, and defense and being a good defender, blocking shots. That's what I want to see from Onion. So I think that Reeves and Wagner and Edwards can score. Bradshaw, they, they can score. I'm not worried about scoring. I'm worried about playing defense, having somebody around that rim that's going to protect it, block shots, get rebounds, and mm-hmm. then still give you six, seven, eight points a game. And I think that's what you're going to see from Onyenzo. Assuming he's healthy, hopefully he's healthy. Now that, like you said, Big Z's status is a lot more not looking good for Kentucky, you're going to need good minutes from all of these guys, Bradshaw, Mitchell, and Onyenzo. They're going to have to, I mean, really single-handedly take over the four and five positions. And, and you know, you're going to see a lot of rotation through there, I think. So, um, but Onion, so that's what I want to see from him. Defensive presence, shot blocker, get some rebounds, and then, you know, score around the rim. I don't want him shooting jump shots, obviously. I want him to score around the rim. And, and I think if he does that, this Kentucky team can be really good this season. Yeah, you've been saying exactly what I've been saying this offseason about his role and about how you don't need to be a dominant scorer on this team to be a good basketball player in the front court, considering what you've got elsewhere. And I think that that's going to be the case this season. Hey, if Onyenzo ends up being a good scorer for Kentucky, uh, I really hope that that's a good, that's uh, just a reflection on his game and not a reflection on, you know, how the rest of the roster has been scoring the basketball. So we'll, we'll keep tabs on it, but yeah, that's our prediction. And Trey Mitchell at the backup five, by the way, which we've, we've, we just discussed him potentially working his way between the two different spots here, but that's our, uh, that's our stab at the, uh, the Kentucky basketball depth chart. As of September 15th, if you have any thoughts on what Kentucky's depth chart could look like this upcoming season, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials at Locked on UK. All right, Andrew, going to keep you here for a few more minutes, going to talk about Kentucky versus Akron tomorrow. Not a whole lot in the ways of, you know, breaking this game down and giving you some hard hitting analysis, but we can tell you some things for sure about Akron. Uh, They're not good and Kentucky should win this football game pretty handily. And if they don't, then... Uh, we may have some problems sending it to Vanderbilt. Before we dive into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. As we all got to see in week one, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, not looking too hot uh, after the man got paid. Maybe you want to go over to FanDuel and lay some things down on the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals if you feel strongly one way or another. 
And if you head over there right now as a new customer, you can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet 5 bucks will get $100 off off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. That is FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, wrapping up the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl, Andrew Stefaniak here with you. Andrew, we've got a couple of thoughts here on the Akron Zips taking on Kentucky football this weekend. If I'm not mistaken, the line is somewhere around 25 points. I think that Kentucky is finally going to take the reins of a game and, and really blow their opponent out here through this first uh, three weeks of the season. We haven't really gotten to see that yet. Akron just does not seem like a very good team, and they're not good at the things that I think will keep Kentucky frustrated in this matchup. Just to, before we we dive into this, I've got one thing to say to the, to the audience. Kentucky, or excuse me, Akron right now is currently 1-1. One and one. They lost to Temple in week one, 21 to 24 and then they were at home the following week against Morgan State and they won 24 21 so Akron uh out the gates uh struggle busing uh with some pretty bad opponents so uh whether or not they're able to put up a legitimate fight against Kentucky I'm not quite sure does an Akron beat a zip I would say 10 times out of 10 uh probably so Andrew your thoughts on this game uh this upcoming weekend well, first, if you missed that game last weekend, the Morgan State-Akron game, I highly recommend going looking up the highlights. It was it was real. I mean, just a great football game. Um, you're laughing. I'm being serious. I, I, <laughs> it was real. But, <laughs> it was a very serious. Um, but, okay, all kidding aside here, you know, I think this is a big opportunity for the Cats to figure this out. I, we have a fun stat from Freddie Maggard that I think puts into perspective some of the offensive struggles. 14.2% mm. of the 69 passing attempts from Devin Leary have been dropped. It's not nice. That is the worst in the SEC. So, you know, I, I think, think about that. Uh, his number, so he still completed 60, pretty much 60.9. So we'll say 61% of his passes mm -hmm. and had 14% of, you know, of these, of his, completion i mean 30 14 excuse me of his attempts have been dropped yeah. are you kidding i mean i think i've been a little critical of leary early on and and i you know i'm 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 man enough to admit i was a little bit wrong there i think that i think that the numbers were deceiving and i didn't know the percentage on the drops in the press box it's kind of hard to see those things and sometimes mm -hmm. they look like bad throws and but point is Leary, that makes me feel better about him going forward. You know, that makes me feel better about what the numbers he's going to put up this year. And one, you know, you could argue there's two schools of thought to this, to the um, schedule being kind of easy in the beginning. I think that if Kentucky had to play Louisville this weekend, you know, instead of playing them at the end of the year, I wouldn't feel super great about it just based on the way they play. But you get to play Akron, then you get to play Vandy, then you get to play Florida. And I think that that is, you know, those are the two bottom of the barrel teams in the SEC. It's a perfect world for Kentucky. <laughs> it really is. I mean, if you don't start the season 5-0, and oh, I'm going to be frustrated. But I guess my argument here is you have a couple more games to kind of figure things out. And that's mm -hmm. nice because it's been ugly at times. I mean, it has been ugly. 
And but you have the opportunity to fix some things this weekend. And I want to see a crisp game from Devin Leary. I want to see the receivers catching passes and the defense getting, you know, being better on third down. It still wasn't much better against DKU on third down. We want to see that get cleaned up. Yeah, that's something that I think we can we can take heading into week two here. Unless Devin Leary just completely implodes. I don't think he's the problem for this offense right now, man. I just don't think that the that he is. And obviously, he's had a couple of bad moments, but I don't think that he's truly the issue here. I think that part of it, it has to do with the fact that I don't know if Kentucky's run game is back to where it needs to be. And you know what? If that is what it is with Ray Davis this season, who I think is a good running back, that's perfectly fine. That's just where Kentucky's going to have to sit. But they also... They don't have the strongest running game in the world. They need to be able to throw the ball with consistency, and you can't have your receivers, who we thought were the strength of this offense heading into this year, uh, dropping passes like they have in these first two games. So I think that, like you said, just cleaning things up uh, this weekend against Akron, um, and obviously uh, that's a that's a term that's uh, it's often overused. I think in the, in this injury, it's just cleaning random things up, but just. Pra- practicing and then executing uh, in, in in the correct way. And just don't don't screw this up again. Uh, again, uh, Kentucky, don't screw this up this weekend. Uh, the final thing I want to point out here, and something that you mentioned, Akron, uh, according to CFBStats.com, is 115th nationally in third down conversion percentage. I actually just random note: Florida's 112th. I'm just looking around here at the, the teams around them, um, but Akron converting about 30.4 percent of their third downs, uh, again, against Temple and against Morgan State. If Kentucky does not get this team off the field on third down, Andrew, how should we react? Uh, I mean, you know, I don't want to be the guy that's like, well, hit the panic button immediately. But then it's like, how do you not? You know, I mean, right. I'll lay it out like this, plain and simple. The Wildcats need to dominate these zips. Tomorrow mm-hmm. on Saturday. I mean, you in, in every phase of the game, offense, defense, special teams, you have got to dominate this football team and show that you have it in you. Because at two games into the year, I definitely have my concerns about this team. And I want to see, you know, I agree with you on, on, on the cleaned up, but I mean I but in this instance, I think it's like cleaned up. I think here it's like I think these these things are just clean up things for Kentucky. Yeah. I don't really have issues with Kentucky to where it's like I think this team's really has issues. I think they have things that need to be fixed, tweaked in practice. Yeah. And I th- and coaches have made it very clear at uh, press conferences that they're doing that. So I think this stuff's going to get fixed. But you need to go out and dominate this team. And if you don't, I think I'm going to be concerned. It's about polishing things up, man. And and this is something I've had a few different people call me and ask, is Kentucky bad? Because we heard a lot of great things about what they were uh, at the beginning of the season uh, before, like whenever you're going through fall camp. And I was just like, I don't think they're bad. I just think that, that they haven't figured it out yet. Like there's no way this offense doesn't get better. There's no way this team doesn't get better. So I, I think it's just about, you know, getting things right and, and getting more comfortable uh, with the way that Kentucky wants to operate. So Kentucky versus Akron tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun game. Should be a blowout. Fingers crossed here. Um, Andrew Stefaniak of Wildcats today. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Tell everybody where they can find your your content one more time. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, Y'all can find everything over at Wildcats today where all of our writing stuff and then um, locked on Aggies. We're going to get you're going to see the Aggies take on the Wildcats on on the hardwood this year. So if you're interested in that ball game, I'll be previewing it. Obviously, Lance and I will will preview that as well. But that's where you can find everything I got going on. Andrew, we may have you on next week to have an Aggies Wildcats discussion because I actually just put up an article today. I asked ChatGPT to give me some SEC basketball preseason power rankings they got the Aggies at one. They got the Wildcats at two. So uh, I, I maybe maybe that's a conversation we have next week about the two different squads. So again, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. Appreciate you. All right. That was our conversation with Andrew Stefaniak of Wildcats today and Locked On Aggies. Really appreciate him hopping on. Please be sure to go give him a follow on Twitter. Boost his numbers a little bit, guys. Come on. It's, it's one of us. He's one of us. Living in the Kentucky, uh, living in the Lexington area, you got to give this guy a shout out. So please go follow him. Uh, as he posts a lot of great content over at Wildcats today. And hey, we're probably going to have him on the show next week to talk a little Aggies, to talk a little Kentucky. Where does the SEC fall heading into the preseason? I think that would be an interesting conversation to have with somebody that knows a little bit about one of the better teams in the league. So again, please make sure to go follow him and cover or get all of our written work over at Wildcats today. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, please leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.